Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Evansville Baptist Church. It's good to have you all here for night number two of our missions conference. And man, if you were here for night number one, what a wonderful service it was and uh, some great preaching. And uh, you got it. We're going to have a quiz later on and I'm going to have Brother John lead us in a quiz here in just a minute. And I don't know, we might uh, might have a couple flunk outs here, but uh, if you uh, remember the sermon, wonderful sermon last night, we're going to start with singing a song together, hymn number 685, if you had your, have your red hymn books, red hymn books, 685, I'm switching it up on you tonight, you got to stay on your toes, hymn number 685, let's stand together as we sing all three verses, 685, I've got a mansion, we'll sing all three verses together this evening. On the first, I'm satisfied with just a cottage below, a little silver and a little gold. But in that city where the ransom will shine, I want a gold one that's silver line. I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. In that bright land where we'll never grow old And someday under we will never grow under And walk on streets that are pure as gold On that second verse sing it out this evening Though often tempted, tormented and tested And like the prophet my pillow was stone and though I find here no permanent dwelling, I know he'll give me a mansion my own. I've got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright land where we'll never grow old. And someday under, we will never more wander, but walk on streets that our purest gold. Amen. Before we sing that third verse, I guess it must be a good one because Natasha's down here on the front row dancing to it. So uh, we must be doing something right. So let's sing it out on that third verse. Let's sing it up to our, the best of our ability on that third verse. Don't think me poor or deserted or lonely. I'm not discouraged. I'm heaven bound. I'm just a pilgrim in search of a city i want a mansion a harp and a crown i've got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright land where we'll never grow old and someday yonder we will never more wander but walk the streets that are pure as gold Amen. What a start of the, of the second night. Man, if I could talk, that'd be wonderful too. Uh, but man, what a song to sing for the start of the second night of our conference. I love that song. I didn't realize uh, I've looked in that blue hymn book so many times for that song. And it's not in there. And I started to look through this red hymn book. You know, the next three services we're singing out of this hymn book. Because I found a bunch of songs that I didn't realize were in here. And what a wonderful song. We're going to open our service uh, in a word of prayer. I'm going to ask Brother Bob Gortzen if you'd open our service this evening. Amen. Challenge us, 
Amen. You may be seated. I have a few announcements for you if you have your bulletins with you. Uh, all these announcements will be in your bulletin. Again, I'm not going to make mention of all of these this evening for sake of time, uh, but I do want to make mention of just a few things. Uh, we do still need to collect some more money for our missions Christmas gift, and uh, we're wanting to raise the rest of this money so that we can get this to our missionaries. Uh, we really want to get it done within the next couple of days so that we can get this to them in time for Christmas. We've got a few missionaries that are uh, in different parts of the world, so we want to make sure that they can get that. Uh, so we need... we we are trying to raise just a little over $900 to do that. And uh, we're pretty close. We're getting there. And uh, I will let you know we will be having uh, an offering in here just a little bit uh, to uh, raise the rest of the money for that. So if the Lord lays it on your heart, please give to that. We want to make sure that our uh, missionaries get a good Christmas gift this year. And uh, so that's one thing I wanted to make mention of. The other thing is that our church Thanksgiving dinner is coming up in just a few days, actually. And uh, we've got our conference for today and tomorrow and then uh, all of our ladies are starting to get the uh, uh, preparations together and I know there's been preparations for the last couple of weeks uh, to get this Thanksgiving dinner ready but that's going to be this coming this coming Friday November the 10th at 5 30 uh, so keep that in mind uh, all those uh, Evansville Baptist Church family you all are all are invited and that's going to be a wonderful uh, wonderful time together. And uh, any other announcements, those are going to be on the right-hand side of the inside of your bulletin there. And uh, if you have any questions about that, you can come see me uh, or Marge, and, and we'll, uh, uh, she'll come and see me, and, and I'll come back around and see you. And we'll, we'll, we'll do the whole uh, you know rabbit-chasing type thing to figure out uh, what is going on here in the church. Amen? Uh, but that's all that I will make mention of this evening. Let's get our hymn books back out. Amen? We'll turn to hymn 658. Bring them in. We'll sing all three verses. You can remain seated as we do. We're going to sing hymn 658, bring them in, read hymn book again, 658, bring them in, we'll sing all three verses. Hark, tis the shepherd's voice I hear, out in the desert dark and drear, calling the sheep who've gone astray, far from the shepherd's fold away, bring them in, bring them in. Bring them in from the fields of sin. Bring them in, bring them in. Bring the wandering ones to Jesus. On that second verse, sing it out this evening. Oh, go and help this shepherd kind. Help him the wandering ones to find. Who'll bring the lost ones to the fold where they'll be sheltered from the cold. Bring them in, bring them in, bring them in from the fields of sin. Bring them in, bring them in, bring the wandering ones to Jesus. Amen. Sing it on that third verse this evening. Out in the desert hear their cry. Out in the mountains wild and high Hark, tis the master speaks to thee Go find my sheep where'er they be Them in, bring them in Bring them in from the fields of sin Bring them in, bring them in Bring the wandering ones to Jesus Amen. A wonderful command that we ought to obey. And I love that quote that uh, uh, Brother John said last night, that the Great Commission is not 
uh, a suggestion to be pondered, or I, I'm paraphrasing it, but it's a command to be obeyed. And it really is true, and I think that was what Hudson Taylor who said that. I don't remember. Go back and look at your notes that your wife wrote for you, and, and we'll figure it out. But uh, no, a wonderful quote, and that's something that we all should uh, realize, is that the Great Commission, and when we sing a song like Bring Them In, it's not just something we ought to sing in a song. It's something that we should practice every day of our lives, whether it's uh, just giving your uh, waitress or waiter at, at uh, where, you're, where you're going to eat a gospel tract, or whether it's talking to your neighbors about the gospel, or even just the way that you live your life. Our job as Christians and our duty is to give out the gospel, and uh, that should be something that we're all uh, very studious to do. Uh, let's get our hymn, uh, our, sorry, not our hymn books, our bulletins on the back side there. Uh, we've got our song of the month, Around the Corner, Around the World. We'll sing it through one time again this evening. Actually, let's sing it through twice again this evening. We sang it through twice last night. We'll sing it through twice again tonight. And ponder the words as we do sing this, a wonderful, a wonderful chorus. Let's sing it through together this evening. Around the corner, around the world, a soul needs Jesus, a soul who's never heard. Let's take the good news, let's take God's living word around the Sing it one more time together. Around the corner, around the world, a soul needs Jesus, a soul is never heard. Let's take the good news, let's take God's living word. wonderful thing to ponder as we go through these uh, few days and as we go through this month of missions uh, uh, emphasis uh, this whole month of November we're going to be singing this song as a uh, reminder that we ought to be going around the corner it'd be a real sad thing to get to heaven and not see our neighbors there you know that's something that I, I was just thinking about as we were singing it how many of our neighbors know that we're Christians how many of our neighbors have heard the gospel from our lips that we've told them about the good news of Jesus that's something we ought to think about. Go, it's just around the corner. Just go down your driveway and you even cut across their grass. They might get upset, but you're giving them the good news. Amen? But well, we ought to be giving out the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, we're going to have our offering at this time. I'm going to ask uh, Brother Jim if you'd come. Uh, Brother John Bates as well if you'd come. And we're going to take, this is going to be the offering. This is our first offering this evening. We'll take one more after uh, the service. This first offering is just for, I think they're both in the back, brother. Um, but uh, this first offering is just for the missions Christmas. So I'm saying you know, if you've got uh, quarters or dimes or whatever, throw those in there. And if you've got some change on you, throw that in there. And this will all go towards our missions Christmas uh, to finalize that and get that all finished up so that we can get that uh, sent out to them. And uh, so that's what this first offering is going to be. Everything that's put in the place, unless labeled otherwise, will go directly to uh, our missionaries for their Christmas gift this year. So uh, let's ask uh, the Lord's blessing on this offering. Uh, Brother John, would you ask? Blessing. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for another beautiful day. Thank you for a day to, to serve you, Lord, and this is one way that we can serve you is by giving to your cause. We pray.
Amen. While they're taking the offering this evening, welcome one another to the service. And you can wave to one another. I know there's sickness going around. So if you want to do the fist bump thing, that's fine too. Whatever you want to do. If you would please stand with me, we're going to get your Bibles out. Romans chapter 10, we're going to do our scripture reading at this time. Romans chapter number 10, beginning in verse number 9. Romans chapter number 10, beginning in verse number 9. We're going to do our scripture reading at this time. I'll begin in verse reading in verse number 9. If you'll join in with me on verse number 10, we'll read responsively down through verse number 15. Again, that's Romans chapter number 9. I'll begin reading in verse number 9, or Romans chapter 10, sorry, not Romans chapter 10, beginning in verse number 9. And we'll read down through verse number 15. And again, we'll be reading this each uh, evening or each uh, service of the conference. And uh, these are going to be our verses that we're going to take and we're going to hold to for these uh, few services that we have together. So again, Romans chapter number 10, beginning in verse number 9. If you're there this evening, say amen. 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 Romans chapter 10, verse number 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And all together on verse number 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Amen. You may be seated. We'll get our hymn books out one more time this evening. Hymn number 667, bringing in the sheaves. Hymn number 667 in your red hymn books. Hymn number 667, bringing in the sheaves. We'll sing all three verses this evening. Sowing in the morning, sowing seeds of kindness, sowing in the noontide and the dewy waiting for the harvest and the time of reaping we shall come rejoicing bringing in the sheaves bringing in the sheaves bringing in the sheaves we shall come rejoicing bringing in the sheaves bringing in the sheaves bringing in the sheaves we shall come rejoicing Bringing in the sheaves on that second verse, sing it out this evening. Sowing in the sunshine, we 
hearing neither clouds nor winter's chilling breeze. By and by the harvest and the labor ending, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. On that last verse, sing it out this evening. Going forth with weeping, sowing for the master. Though the loss sustained, our spirit often grieves. When our weeping's over, he will bid us welcome. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. Bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. Amen. It's been a while since I've uh, since I've sung that one. That's a good song. Amen. Well, we're going to have some special music at this time, and I'm going to do my very best to sing. And um, I know my throat is not being good to me, but I'll do my very best. Amen. Could it be that up in heaven, God is sitting on his throne, anticipating another sinner will soon become his own? Years of wasted living and years of toil and strife are just about to be over as he receives a gift of life. Go sound the horn, strike up the choir. A sinner is saved, saved from the fire. No more in darkness. He's received my son, all heavens rejoicing. That's the value of one. The Holy Spirit has been working to soften up their heart. All he needs is a willing servant who will simply do their part. Can you imagine up in heaven the joy that will be that day? As a sinner bows his head to pray, can't you hear the Father say, Go sound the horn, strike up the choir. A sinner is saved, saved from the fire. No more in darkness, he's received my son. All heavens rejoicing, that's the value of one. Start construction on his mansion there on Hallelujah Street. He doesn't know yet that it's waiting as a Savior he will meet. Go sound the horn, strike up the choir. A sinner is saved, saved from the fire. No more in darkness. He's received my son, all heavens rejoicing. That's the value of one, all heavens rejoicing. That's the value of one. 
This time we're going to have uh, Brother John Atkins come up and preach for us. If you were here last night, then man, what a blessing it was to have him speak for us. And I uh, know that the Lord's going to use him tonight. So, brother, come and preach what the Lord said on your heart. <laughs> All right. If you have got your Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 10, as we're going to be at tonight. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. So very grateful. Wanted to give a shout out to your pastor and say what a great man of God he is. And Miss Hannah, appreciate her. Uh, especially opening their, opening their home to us so we could stay with them for a few nights. And I appreciate that and very uh, hospitable. I was going to say this. Brother, uh, Brother Snipes is here, and he was one of my teachers in college. I appreciate him coming, and I know he'll be a blessing. And if you have to choose between tonight or coming tomorrow morning and tomorrow night, I suggest you come then. And uh, you're going to enjoy it. You're gonna, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited to see what the Lord's laid on his heart uh, to speak to us about. I'm going to turn this on here because I don't even think I'm on. There we go. Testing one, two, three. One. That'd be good. Love it. Here we go. Luke chapter 10. I, I, I wasn't exactly sure what to preach about. I've never preached this message as a, as a mission sermon. Um, just kind of as a sermon to get us to think about the lost and maybe hurting people. But I want you to think about this in a different way. And I, I, the reason I came to this message was, uh, was this reason. I was, I was traveling and preaching this summer. And I lost every, I updated my iPad and everything on my iPad got lost in the update. And so that's some of the old, old, old some of the uh, more wise folks uh, probably tell me uh, you should you should preach from uh, your papers, right? And uh, so that, that I'll, I'll give into that one. That one failed me this time, but uh, I had it had it, had a mess this message and it had it, had it all set up, and so I I was going back through uh, these mess all these messages that I lost and I was rewriting them down to the best of my that I could remember. And I've read this chapter, and I, I thought about this conference, this missions conference, and I feel like this is what the Lord have us have for us tonight. And Brother Pastor just mentioned a moment ago, he talked about your neighbor. And this, this passage of Scripture talks about that. So I'm excited to jump into this a little bit. So we won't be long. Like I said, I'm a short preacher in stature and in length. So we'll be, we'll be in and out. But I want, I want you to pay attention with me. Last night I talked about uh, God's command, our involvement, and the blessing. And tonight I want to I want to focus on maybe maybe that command a little bit more uh, centralized and focused in a little bit. So if you bear with me, Luke chapter ten, we're going to pick it up in verse one, and we're going to continue on through the story. But uh, this chapter is an amazing chapter. And if you look at the 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 emphasis, the overall theme of this chapter, uh, it's about missions. It's about reaching people, and it's something I never really realized before until reading it fully through and, and trying to grasp it. But Luke chapter ten, verse one, the Bible says this: After these things, the Lord appointed seventy also. And sent them two and two before his face in every city and place wherewith he himself would come. Therefore he said unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Go your ways, behold, I send you as lambs among wolves. And, and we go through this passage of scripture, we can take it, I, we're going to take time to read all through it, but he goes down all the way to verse 26. And he's talking to these folks, these 70, they go out and they come back rejoicing, the Bible says. And Jesus begins to talk to them and gives them words of advice and different things. And we come to verse 26. And Jesus, is, I, he turns to his disciples, his disciples are there, he starts talking to them. Verse 26, the Bible says this. I'm going to start in verse 25. And behold... A certain lawyer stood up, and, uh, stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, This is Jesus responding, or this is the lawyer responding, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy, what? Neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do 
and thou shalt live. Verse 29, but he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, who is my neighbor? And Jesus, now we're gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there and we're going to pray. And Jesus goes into a story about the Good Samaritan. And this, this chapter is, 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 is the Great Commission, the gospel focused. And this lawyer stands up to Jesus and said, who is, who, is, who is my neighbor? Almost in the Bible says he tempted him. So almost in a uh, maybe a sarcastic kind of tone, almost, almost maybe judging Jesus a little bit. He says, who is, who is my neighbor? And he says, Jesus responds and says, well, what does the law say? You're a lawyer. And I love Jesus, a question with a question, right? And he says, well, says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Okay, Deuteronomy. Okay, the book of Exodus is quoted there three, four times in Deuteronomy. Jesus, make, Jesus makes mention of this specific passage of Scripture several times throughout the Gospels. And so he begins to say, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind. And he gets to the last one, and thy neighbor as thyself. And so he goes into the story about being a neighbor. And we're going to jump into it here in just a second. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. Thank you for the opportunity to be in church tonight. Thank you for Pastor Harris. Thank you for the Evansville Baptist Church. I pray that you bless them. Bless the next few moments. We need you. Lord, if someone here is lost and on their way to hell, I pray that you'd save them. And Lord, I ask that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. I can speak to ears, but only you can speak to hearts. And I pray that you encourage us, strengthen us, help us tonight, Lord, with this message that I believe you'd have for us. In your precious name, amen. Let's pick it up, verse 30. Here we go. We're going to jump right in. And Jesus answering, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Verse thirty-one. And by chance, and I, 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 the Bible says that, but we know there's no there's no chance with God. Right. God. Everything God does, He does on purpose. You and I, we're here tonight on purpose, right. or as Pastor says it, porpoise. <laughs> as we we're talking last night, God has a purpose for every single one of us. And God had a purpose for this man in this story. Verse 31, And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. I saw that statement. I read that statement probably a couple years ago. And I, 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 we, we think about that statement, and he passed by on, their si on the other side. And you can say that straightforward. But if you think about it, as he passed by, you, you know, to pass by on the other side means that you have to not be in the in the way of something right if i'm walking down the aisle and a bunch of people are in my head, i'm going to go on this side i'm going to go on the other side and the bible says here that when he passed by he saw this man on the road beaten half dead and it's interesting this story um if you think about it, the bible says leaving him half dead i don't know the bible doesn't say if he was conscious or not but it adds a kind of a different uh different a feel to the story when you think that maybe this man could talk or groan or grunt or was laying on the ground saying, help me. The Bible doesn't say he was dead. He said he was half dead. He couldn't move, couldn't, couldn't help himself. And the people that could help him, the Bible says that they came and the Bible says and they passed by on the other side. Almost as if to say they were walking in that direction and they were and they stepped out of their way to avoid the problem. Sure. To avoid the issue. And you say, well, that's interesting. What, what about, who was, who was this person? It was a priest. It was a man of the cloth, as we would say. Somebody who was sp supposed to care for those folks. Care for the weak. Care for the wounded. Care for the struggling. Care for the people who can't help themselves. 
And he, he, the priest full, full willingly, full, knowing full well, he stepped aside and passed on the other side. You see, his lack of compassion, his not having a tender heart. I, I said this last night, but at the bottom line, I feel like most times, we, at the bottom line is this, we just don't care. We just don't care. We see it. Every one of us see. There's a world that's dying going to hell. We see it. We see people who are hurting. We see people who are struggling. We see missionaries struggling on the field, and we need to be an encouragement to them. We see all these different things. But the bottom line is that you and I, we look. We see. We pass by on the other side. That's what this priest did. The, the person who was supposed to help avoided the problem. Let's keep reading. Verse 32. Another person comes by, and likewise, a Levite. Okay, so maybe not a priest. We don't necessarily know what role he played. Uh, the Levites, or the tribe of Israel, they, 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 they did many different things when it came, came to the temple. Could have been a musician. Could have been, there's, there's tons of things they could have filled. Doing, doing that could have been a priest. Could have been a high priest. Could have been, you, you have no idea. But I would say this, at the very least, religious. A Levite sh should be religious. And he too passes by on the other side. He sees the same thing. It's, it's, it, it, I think about the story, and after reading I think, man, what if that man was reaching out? The Bible says half dead. Reaching out, say, hey, could you help me? Can you imagine <laughs> the, 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 just the, the moment? I'm dying. I'm, would you please help me? I've just been beaten. I've been stripped of my clothes, half naked on the road. And the, the priest passes by. The Levite passes by. And there we come to, the, come to the meat of the story. Verse 33. But a certain Samaritan. You say, what is a Samaritan? A Samaritan is a Jew mixed with pretty much any other, any other uh, uh, background. Whether it was Egyptian, whether it was uh, Assyrian, whether it was whatever the case. Uh, a Samaritan was somebody who was half Jew and had maybe had a Jewish mother and something else was the father or a Jewish father and something else. That was a Samaritan, a half-breed. And the Samaritans, in the Bible, they were looked down upon. Except if you find stories in the Bible, the Samaritan woman, it, they call her a dog. You, you, this, this person, you see, the, the priest should have helped. We maybe call him the pastor. The pastor should have helped. The Levite, I, I, I kind of look at him maybe as the average church member. Religious. Call, supposed to do the work of God, they pass by on the other side. You come to the Samaritan, the person who the Jews would look down on. Maybe, in fact, they were, they were, they were so scared of them that some of them, when, when a Samaritan's shadow passed over them, they would go take a bath, clean themselves. They were so sacrilegious about it. And so this Samaritan comes on the scene, verse 33, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Last night I read the verse, and when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Very similar. This Samaritan, he, he, was, he was walking on, on his journey, headed to Jericho. Uh, the road to Jericho, the, the, they, they say that road is the road to victory. The, Jericho is the city of palms, and palms represent victory. And so it's a road lined, not necessarily lined with palm trees, but that, that's kind of the essence of, of what it is. It's a, it was a road to victory. And on the road to victory, here's a wounded man. 
Here's, here's a beaten man. And a Samaritan steps and sees him. Wounded, beaten, half dead, naked. You fill in the blank. And the Samaritan takes the time to look. And the Bible says, And when he came to where he was, he saw him, and he had compassion on him. Verse 34, And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said to him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest now? So Jesus poses the question. He tells the story. He poses the question. He says, Which of these three thinkest thou? Who is neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And the lawyer responds, and he's verse 37, he said to him, He that showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said unto him, Go and do thou likewise. So you think about this story, and we, we, I think the, the bottom line, yes, he helped a man. That's great. He helped him. He got him to where he needed to be. He took care of him. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But think about, think about this story when it comes to missions. Think about this story when it comes to people who are hurting, who are lost, who can't help themselves, who are on their way to hell, in a place that maybe they don't even want to be. And we have people who walk by and they, they see the need, they see the problem, they see the circumstance, they, see, they know what needs to be done. I guarantee you the priest knew what he was supposed to do. Okay, The Levite knew what he was supposed to do. But he willingly chose to step aside and pass by on their side all because he wasn't willing to do what, he did, willing to do what God called him to do. Right. Willing to do what maybe any average human should do. We see that in our world today. Man, people get hurt. People run the other way. I was at a gas station a few months ago. And there was a, there was, I was at filling up my gas pump. And just on the other side of the gas station, after church on a Wednesday night, there was a young man that got shot. And he fell to the ground. And I went in, grabbed some stuff, came out. And I, I didn't know he had been shot at that moment. But I went and drove my car around, and I saw him laying there on the concrete. And so I thought it was a car backfiring backfiring, but he had been shot. And so I, I jumped out of my car, tried to help him. And uh, at, long story short, he lived and all that stuff. But afterwards, I was talking to the police officer. And he said to me, he said, you know, uh, we're grateful. I just want to say thank you. And he was a very kind guy. He said, thank you for stopping and helping. He said, a lot of people don't. He says, things like that happen in Hammond all the time. And he said, people run away. You know, you and I as Christians, we're, we're called to run to the problem, yeah. not run away from the battle. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not an option to be considered. It's a command to be obeyed. So if you and I willingly step aside and say, yes, I see the lost and dying world. I see the people of all these countries. I see the people of Brazil and Sweden and India and Thailand and Great Britain and the Philippines. I see those people, but it's not my problem. You're wrong. It's my responsibility and it's your responsibility to get the gospel around the corner and around the world. And you and I are going to be guilty of the exact same thing that this priest and this Levite were guilty of by saying, hey, there's a problem. Yeah, I'm just going to step aside on the other side and care about my life because what I have is more important. Where I need to go is more important. But there's a Samaritan man who comes along and says, you know what? I'm willing. I, I know I have, I'm, I'm on a journey. I'm going to Jericho, but I'm going to put that off a little bit. And I'm going to take a couple days and I'm going to spend some time helping this man. 
It's going to cost me money. It's going to cost me time. It's going to cost me effort. It's going to cost me an investment. But I'm willing to do it because it's the right thing to do. It's a command and I'm supposed to help my neighbor. That's what Jesus is saying here. Your neighbor is not just the person who lives right next door to you. Your neighbor is the people you come in contact with. You need to give them the gospel. That's your neighbor. And your dollar can be a good proxy in being a neighbor. God doesn't, God doesn't, God doesn't <laughs> command us to give so that he can raise money. It's, it's God's way of raising children. Is the reason God wants you to give. It has nothing to do with God has all the money in the world. Cattle on a thousand hills. Mansion over the hilltop. Yeah, he built those. Okay, that's, that's, that's the way it rolls. God doesn't need my money. But he wants it to be to your benefit. Right. He wants you to have the blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Lay up for yourselves. We're going to look at that verse in just a moment. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Okay. We talked about last night about God doesn't forget. He's not unrighteous to forget your labor of love and work as you minister and to those who are ministering. Hebrews 6.10. I see this. We'll look at, I'm, I'm just give you a couple observations from the story and we'll, we'll, we'll go into the, the points. I see he looked. The Samaritan looked, while others, they looked and then looked away. I see the Samaritan had compassion. The others, they didn't even, couldn't even get that far. They saw him half dead, bleeding, wounded, naked. They didn't care. I see that the Samaritan, he changed the life. Can you imagine how grateful that man was? And it's not like the Samaritan said, oh, I wonder if he's a Jew or a Greek. I wonder if he's black or white. I, I don't. No. He helped him. Right. He came to where he was and helped him. The other folks, this priest and the Levite, they changed nothing. In fact, if the Samaritan didn't pass by, you could say they let a good man die. We're going to look at a couple thoughts and we'll, and we'll be done this evening. Number one, I see this. He cared. The Samaritan man cared. Do you and I care? Do you and I care? It's a question. Ask yourself. I ask myself that all the time. If you think something's more important than getting the gospel, more important than reaching people with the gospel, more important than being in church, more important than doing what God wants you to do, there's a problem. It shows me that there's, you, have, you live an empathetic life. You, you say you care, but you're not willing to back it up with your actions. You know, I heard this statement a long time ago, and I love it. You only believe in that which moves you to action. If you tell me you believe that God answers prayer, what will I see you doing? Praying. If you say, oh, I believe that Jesus saves sinners. I believe that he loves the lost. I believe that God wants to save a, a world. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If you believe that, you'll give to missions. You'll give to help your local church. You'll be out soul winning with, with the pastor. You'll be out with the bus ministry with Brother Bates. You'll be investing because you care. You believe. You see, if this Samaritan man didn't care, he could have walked away. But he cared. When the priest, the man of God, didn't care, the Samaritan cared. When the Levite passed by and didn't care, 
he cared. And I'm not saying maybe, maybe the priest had to get to a wedding. I don't know. You fill in the blanks. But I'm being honest with you, that's not an excuse. That's, that's, that's not an excuse for why you can't do what God needs you to do. Amen. This Samaritan put, put off his journey. We're going to look at here in just a second. But I see, number one, that he cared. Why don't you take your Bibles and turn with me? We're in church tonight. If, you're, if you go to work at a construction site, you bring tools. Come to church, you bring your Bible. Jude 22, okay? Jude, the book of Jude, verse 22. First, second, third, John, Jude. Okay? Jude 22, famous verse. Okay? We're, look at this, this, this compassion. And the Bible says that the Samaritan man had compassion on him. Just like Jesus. He looked at the multitudes. He had compassion. Jude writes here in, in Jude 22, and of some having what? Compassion. And what do they do? Make a difference. The, the Levite didn't have compassion. Therefore, there was no difference. The, the, the priest did not have compassion. Therefore, there was no difference. The Samaritan, he looked, he saw, he had compassion, and what did he do? He made a difference. Verse 23, and others, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh, down to him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his, of his glory with exceeding joy. That's the goal. God wants to present us so that when we get to heaven, well, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Okay, that, I can't say that to the priest in this, in this story. I can't say that to the Levite in this story. What I can say to the Samaritan is, man, well done. Amen. You Amen. cared. Amen. Ask yourself tonight, do you care? Do you care about Mexico? Do you care about Canada? Do you care about Italy? Do you care about France? You fill in the blank. Do you care? Less and less people are caring about America. Less and less people are caring about the world. We don't need less people to care. We need more people to care. So I see number one, he cared. We talk about, our pastor says this all the time, we talk about the things we love. That's why we don't talk about Jesus. Because we have other things that are priorities in our life. That we think are priorities in our life. So number one, I see that he cared. I'm going to turn back here real quick just so I get my place. Luke chapter 10, if you want to turn back there with me. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So I see he cared, number one. Number two, I see this. Because he cared, he gave time. You say, what do you mean by that? Let's look at verse 34 and verse 35. The Bible says this, Luke 10, 34, And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and sent him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Stayed with him the night. Verse 35, verse 35, and on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said, him, take care of him. Whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. This man took time. He took time. He gave time. Money, money is important. I'm grateful for money. It's a tool that we can use to get the gospel out. But people make money because they give their time. That's, that's, that's how you make money. You, it's an exchange. I'll give you my time if you give me this. And we take that and we exchange that for other people's time. 
person who got the chicken eggs. Okay, we'll, we'll pay them for the time that they spent raising and helping. Okay, money is great, and I want you to give money. We should give money. We need to give money. Right. We have to give money. Okay, I'm turning it from a, from a maybe to a certain. Okay, you guys, staying with me? We're commanded to. But we're also commanded to give our time. A lot of churches get away from that. They say, oh, as long, my dollar is enough. No, it's not. I'm grateful you give your dollar. We should give our dollar. I give my dollar. But that is not a substitute for my time. For my encouragement, for my investment, for my giving. Why? I can't, you can't, you can't replace time. It's, it's what life is made of, and when it runs out, that's it. That's all you got. You don't get it anymore. You don't get a bonus. Okay, you may get a bonus when it comes to your money, but you don't get a bonus when it comes to time, unless you're Hezekiah. We'll, stay, we'll, we'll, we'll save that for another day. But God has given you time. This Samaritan man took time. I, I see him. He, he gave money. The Bible says he gave two pence. And then he says, if, if you, he says, took out, gave two pence. He said, when I come back, whatever I owe you, I'll pay. And even then, at the beginning of the story, verse 33 and 32, he says, I, he, he takes wine and oil and all these different things to help this man. You think that was free? No. It cost him time. It was an investment to him. It wasn't just, it wasn't just another job. The work of God is not just another job. It's an investment in eternity. It, in, it, you have to care and you have to give time. I see that the good Samaritan, he gave time. Investment is, investment is something you cannot avoid. He extended his trip so he could be a neighbor to this man. I like that. He stopped his trip, extended his trip, and made this man a priority in his life. You look at the Levite and the priest. They didn't give, they didn't give a, a rip about him. They didn't care. But the Samaritan, he took time. You and I, why don't you take some time? I said this last night, but take some time and text a missionary. Take some time. You know, we have Facebook, we have WhatsApp, we have all these different things. I, I know I've said it, but... It, it's, it's what needs to be said. I, have a good, I told you last night, I have a good friend, Dan Lang. He's just as encouraged when I text him as when he texts me and I'm encouraged. Because I know he's just like me. He has good days and bad days. This, <laughs> this man on the road wasn't having a good day. <laughs> what did he need? He needed a priest. <laughs> what he, he needed a Levite. He needed somebody from the church house. But he got a Samaritan. And praise God for that. Praise God for someone who was willing to be an encouragement and a help to this man. He gave time. So number one, I said he cared. Number two, he gave time. Number three, he gave money. Verse 35, and on the morrow he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the hosts and said to him, take care of him whatsoever thou spendest more. When I come again, I will repay thee. Some of us are really touchy when it comes to our pocketbooks. 
When it comes to her, I'm that way. Just to be honest with you. You ask my wife. She knows. I'm stingy. I'm as stingy as they come. Maybe it was my parents that instilled saving money and never spending it. I don't know what it was. But I, don't, I just don't spend money. I like to save it. And when the day is rainy, I like to have fun. Right? That's how we all look at it. But this man, when there was a need, he gave. He gave time. He gave money. You have a Christmas present going on? Give. Be a cheerful giver. I didn't say you had to sell your house. But each one of us, God has given us things, given to us, not so we can be a bucket, but that we can be a funnel. Not so that we can, you know, get all we can, sit on our can and talk about our can, but so that we can give it. So that we can share it. That's the goal. That goes for me, it goes for you. I put myself in this story too. And the Holy Spirit convicted me and said, John, how many times do I pass by on their side? Walk down the street, pass a person, you know you're supposed to give them a track, and you don't. I passed by. Okay, I was, I was the priest. Guess I didn't care that much. He gave money. I said this earlier, but giving is not God's way of raising money. It's God's way of raising children. He spent money and resources to help his neighbor. Let me ask you to turn in one more place. Matthew chapter 6. Here we go. This is talking about investment. I didn't, we didn't turn here last night due to lack of time, but Matthew chapter 6. We're going to pick it up in verse 19. Matthew 6, 19. This is Jesus. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where Thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That's, you know what that verse says? You believe in that. You only believe in that which moves you to action. So that says. If you believe that something is important, you'll put your treasure there. We ought, to, we ought to be a church. You ought to be a church. I ought to be a church member. Who, I heard somebody say this. Put your treasure where your heart needs to be. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And it obviously, it means that if you take your treasure and you put it, I don't know, you love cars, then you'll, you'll invest in building that, that, that car, right? That's your treasure. But if I take my money and I invest it in the things of the Lord, church, missions, giving, the Christmas present, that's where my heart's going to be. Because that's what I give to. That's where I'm involved in. That's what Jesus is saying. He says, for where your treasures, there will your heart be also. He says, if you expect, if you're expecting to put your treasure in your $10 million house, you don't expect your heart to be there. That's not where your heart's going to be. In fact, your heart's going to be in the opposite place. You need to put your treasure and line it up with your heart. Put, put, <laughs> put the things that are important to you, important to the Lord, in proper perspective. Colossians, set your affections on things above, not on things of this world. We talked about that, looking unto Jesus. I'm supposed to keep my focus there. I'm supposed to keep my treasure there. I'm supposed to keep myself there because that's what matters. That's what's important. And this good Samaritan, 
That's where he was at. He said, I don't care about anything else. This man needs help. And he can't help himself. Therefore, I'm going to be a good neighbor to him. The point of having compassion, love, and mercy. And Jesus asks that question. Luke 10, why don't you look with me? Luke 10, we'll go back to the story one more time. Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke 10, 36. We'll close it out here in a little, in a few moments. Luke 10, 36. Jesus asks the question, which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor among, <laughs> unto him that fell among thieves? And the lawyer responds and he says, he that showed what? Mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, go. Can't spell the gospel without go. And do thou likewise. Well, I, well, what do you think he was saying? He gave the story. Do you think he was saying to the, you think he was saying to the lawyer, there's a man on the road to Jericho. Go help him. That's not what he was saying. He was saying, your neighbor needs help. Your neighbor needs the gospel. Your neighbor needs, there is a hell and there is a heaven. And hell is very hot and heaven is very wonderful. But people are either going to end up in hell or they're going to end up in heaven. And the difference is going to be if you and I care enough to give and to go and do that likewise. That's why we're having a missions conference. I'm here to motivate you, to encourage you, to say, listen, there's a bigger cause than a fancy car. There's a bigger cause than a beautiful house. There's a bigger car than relationships. There's, a bigger, there's, a, there's, there's much bigger things in life that matter than the things that you and I think that matter. That's why I say set your affections on things above. Take it up a level. See the world from God's perspective. God doesn't see red and yellow, black and white. He sees lost and saved. He sees people who are going to spend an eternity separated from him. And he sees people who are going to spend an eternity with him. And we ought to be pushing and motivated and moving in the right direction saying, Hey, I don't, you're lost. Jesus loves you. Jesus cares. There's people out there that don't care, but I care. I care about you. I want you to make it. Uh, man on the road, I don't want you to die. I don't care about the priest. I care about the Levite. I want to be the Samaritan. I want to care. I want to be able to give of my time and my effort and my involvement. Because there is a hell. And hell is hot. And it's real. And it burns. And the Bible says it enlarges herself. You and I ought to be motivated to do something about it. I can come up here and I can, we can preach, pastor can come up here and preach fluffy messages. God loves everybody. And he does. But who are you going to show that to? Okay, what? God loves people. For God so loved the world, okay? He gave his only begotten son. It's only the first part of the verse. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish. Perish where? That's in hell. But have eternal life. Somebody's got to tell him. 
If it, if it ain't you, who's it going to be? If it ain't me, who's it going to be? You have people that you can influence. I have people I can influence. You don't talk to people I talk to. I don't talk to people you talk to. That's why God put you there. He put me where I am. So that we can be lights where we're at. The priest, he got an F on his assignment. The Levite, he got an F on his assignment. The Samaritan, A+. He cared, he invested, he gave. I hope you're with me tonight. I'm not talking about helping a person on the side of the road. I'm talking about each of these countries, each of these places in the world that need the gospel, that need Jesus. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't, you don't want to give money. You want to go. Hey, praise the Lord for that. I hope maybe God's tapping on somebody's shoulder saying, you should go. Maybe there's some of you that can't go, but you can give. And you can invest time and money and your talent in helping the people on the road. That road only, the road has one fork, heaven or hell. You and I are either, <laughs> we're either doing nothing on our way to heaven or we're screaming out as people are going to hell. Saying, hey, Jesus loves you. Jesus cares. Jesus saves. Where are you at tonight? Maybe the message boils down to, the, down to this, as similar to last night. Do you care? This man cared. The Samaritan cared. Our neighbors are people in need of the gospel. The lost need to hear. We see the need to give and to go. Yes, the question is this. Will you pass by on the other side? See the need of the world. See people hurting. See people that need attention, that want the truth. Are you going to pass by on the other side? Or are you going to walk through life when you kind of come to somebody who needs Jesus, you're going to give it to them? That's what, I, I read this story and I thought to myself, man, I always thought this story being like what it is right in front of my face. But it's about getting the gospel out. It's about being a neighbor to somebody in need. And I'm grateful for the people who, are, who do that physically. You think of the Red Cross. And different organizations who do great work helping people physically. But we need to help them spiritually as well. There's a heaven and there's a hell. Do you care, and will you pass by on the, other, on the other side? Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for love, your grace, your mercy. Thank you for the opportunity to be in church tonight. I pray that you'd bless the invitation, that you would work as you see fit. Lord, I, this is the message that you wanted me to give. I gave it, and I pray that you'd work in hearts, and that you'd speak to hearts, that you would uh, speak to them, Lord, and that you would work and move in a mighty way tonight, that you would encourage folks, that you would convict people. Lord, like you convicted my heart about this. Lord, I need to do better. I pray that others would, would see that as well and encourage themselves to do what's right and not to pass by on the other side, but to be like the Samaritan and think about their neighbor. Think about the person they need to reach, Lord. We need you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. The piano's going to play for just a moment. As it does, maybe the Lord spoke to your heart as he did with my heart as Brother John was preaching this evening. I think of how many people do I pass by on a daily basis 
that I'm not giving the gospel to? How many people do I see every day that the Lord tugs on my heart and says, you need to give them the gospel. You need to give them a gospel. You need to speak to them. How many of us, just like those two that passed by, just see the need and just pass by on the other side? Maybe the Lord is speaking to your heart this evening. The altar's open. You come. Maybe you need to just make a decision tonight and say, no more. No more will I walk past somebody who needs you. No more will I walk past somebody who's searching and and in in need. Maybe that's what you need to do today is just make that decision that you'll never walk past, that you'll never uh, that you'll never consciously say that person needs the gospel and I'm going to walk another direction. The altars are open and you come. are still open just because the preaching's over doesn't mean God is done speaking to you maybe he's tugging on your heart right now saying there's somebody that you've passed by recently that maybe you need to go to them maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a friend the altars are still open, there's still a moment chorus one more time and then the altars will be closed. There's still time. Heavenly Father, God, Lord, we thank you so much for meeting with us again this evening, Lord. What a wonderful message that we heard, Lord. I know that Lord, you really spoke to my heart through it, and Lord, I really believe truly that we all can be doing better. Lord, there's so many people that we pass by on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. Lord, I pray that you'd work in each of our hearts, Lord, to take these things that we've heard, and uh, Lord, do our best to do better. Lord, I know that there's going to be times where we as humans will fail, and uh, Lord, I think that's more often than not, but Lord, I pray that you'd help each and every one of us. Lord, as we see the moments and as we've seen the opportunities, Lord, I pray that you just give each and every one of us the boldness and the desire, Lord, and the uh, presence of mind to be able to go and reach them and give them their, your wonderful gospel. Lord, thank you for meeting with us again this evening, Lord. And uh, Lord, we're excited about what you're going to do uh, the next couple services that we have, Lord. And uh, just thank you for meeting with us, Lord. We pray that you'd also uh, give uh, safety to those who are driving home this evening, uh, Lord, and bring us back safely in the morning. In your name I pray. 
Amen. Before we close out, we're going to take one more offering. I'm going to ask Brother uh, Jim and again, Brother John Bates, if you'd come forward. We're going to take an offering. This is for our special speakers, and uh, we want to give them uh, uh, a good uh, love offering. We do. Our, we really appreciate them. Brother John, thank you so much for uh, speaking these two days, and uh, Brother Snipes, we're excited about what the Lord is going to do through you the next couple days. And uh, Man, if you've been to both services so far, man, the Lord's been moving. I know the Lord's been speaking to my heart, and I pray that He's been speaking to your heart. And uh, we ought to show our love and our appreciation for these speakers. So please uh, give and, uh, and and give generously to this. And uh, we're going to take this offering. And as soon as we start the offering, y'all are dismissed once you empty all your pocketbooks. Amen. Uh, well, let's have a word of prayer for this offering. Uh, Brother uh, Jim, would you pray for this offering? Amen. Amen. We thank you for using him Yes. And to teach us more about your will and way. Yes, Lord. We be a church that we don't let anybody behind. Yes, Lord. Amen. Yes. Yes. We show how much that you love us and how you shed your blood and died for our sins at Calvary. Amen. Amen. Well, as, they're as they're taking the offering, you all are dismissed.